0: Welcome to Long Story Long. I'm your host Lisa Curry. Today's guest is the hilarious comedian Amy Miller. Amy is the host of the podcast Who's Your God that I've been on by the way so check that out. And she also has multiple sets on Comedy Central that are available online right now so definitely check those out after you listen to this. I think you're gonna love this conversation. Here you go. Hey
1: Amy how are you? Hey Lisa I'm doing good. I'm glad we've worked this out finally
0: yeah uh, that was a really crazy (laughs) scheduling and then I'm like working around families schedules staying with my family it's been wild
1: yeah I um I just I during the pandemic like I pretty much said yes to like every podcast you know I'm Mm -hmm. like at home I mean I truly feel like I probably did 200 I'm not even kidding (laughs) but now like things are kind of opening again I have more stuff on my calendar so I'm like oh I need to not like overpromise myself yeah I
0: feel you are you back on the road now
1: um I am going back out next weekend and then I'll be pretty steadily gone to like mid-August nice are you so excited I am excited I'm a little nervous Mm -hmm. um not just about COVID stuff but just like I don't know, just like traveling that much again and being yeah. away from my house and, you know, it's been so cozy in there. Now I'm like going to be doing 6 a.m. flights and all that shit. But I'm very grateful. I'm not complaining. Yeah. I like have my job back kind of.
0: <laughs> That's great. Are you mostly going out on your own or with other people or?
1: Um, Really a mix. Um, I got some really good headlining dates, including clubs I hadn't headlined before, which is like that's Such awesome. a gift. And then I'm going to do a little tour with Johnny Pemberton, which will be fun. And oh, then, so fun. yeah, I have dates with Nicole Bayer and like probably Bronger and just a couple people that I like regularly open cool. for. Yeah, it should be fun. I love it. It's wild. It's so
0: nice that things are getting back to, I don't want to say normal. They're getting, things are going on.
1: Yeah, well, that's thing my first week out. I'll be in Texas so I'm like what is this going to be like, you know? I feel yeah. like I'll be a- outcast forever wearing my mask. But I've been out in LA at the clubs mm-hmm. and it's so arbitrary. Like the rules are like you have to wear your mask if you stand up, <laughs> which <laughs> which Brian Simpson tells sure. like a really funny uh-huh. joke about that I can't do better, but he's just like, COVID's not down here? <laughs> like, why didn't we all just learn how to crab walk for the last, you know what I mean? It's so, weird. Yeah,
0: it is. <laughs> um, it's funny, like, I've been, you know, of course, like, going to the grocery store and stuff, and you're when you're in the lot, you have to separate yourself from the person in front of you by, like, six feet, but then the next cash register over is six inches away. So it's like, there's somebody immediately to my right. Yeah. So it doesn't really... I mean, I'm like, I'm not... I'm abiding by all the rules, but it's also like, oh, we're really missing the mark here, guys. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, we'll see what happens. We're really going back full bore.
0: <laughs> yeah. So I don't you, know.
1: um,
0: you grew up in Northern California, right? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Where and Oakland? I started comedy there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when I was a little, little kid, like, uh, in this small town outside of Oakland called El Sobrani. Mm-hmm. And then... But I've lived most of my life in Oakland, um, a good chunk in Berkeley. And then I moved to Portland for a while and then New York and now LA. All oh, major you... metropolis <laughs> situations.
0: I love it. I uh, I wish I'd had the foresight to do any of that. Like, did you know when
1: you were a kid that you wanted to get into comedy? Oh, no, no, no. Like, I think that I had some um, some idea that. As a little kid, I could make adults laugh, and other kids mm-hmm. a lot of the time, um, and that that was unusual, or like, I don't know, like, special in some way, um, but no, I, it was a total fluke. Like, I started at 30, and I, it was just like, oh, I'm just gonna... Really? <laughs> yeah. So, I was like, I'm just gonna do this crazy thing, and go to an open mic. My friend was, like, bullying me into it, basically, and um, yeah, I didn't think I would go a second time, but no, it was all... Uh, Like even at that time, I wasn't like a crazy um, comedy Mm -hmm. fan or nerd. But thinking back, I did watch a lot of stand up with my dad as a little kid. So I had context for it. But no, I never Mm -hmm. thought I was super shy. I never thought I would be a performer or any anybody that stands in front of people and does anything. Truly. I mean, I was like in choirs, but I wouldn't even really do solos for most of the time I was in choir. Yeah. Until I until I got this is embarrassing, but I was in adult <laughs> choir too. Um, and for a while they overlapped it. and I was doing comedy and mm-hmm. choir at the same time. And then mm-hmm. I once I got more nerve from doing stand up, then I would like take mm-hmm. solos. But yeah, no, it was all a surprise to my family and myself. hundred <laughs> percent.
0: What were you doing before like what was your plan?
1: My life I mean by plan? thirty you're
0: already working full time. Yeah.
1: So I was going to be a social worker. I went to school for that. Mm-hmm. Um and I, and I did social work jobs for a while. And then I kind of had this mm-hmm. detour working in the music industry and like um, music tech startups. And I got kind of sucked mm-hmm. into that world for like five or six years. And that's where that's what I was doing when I started comedy. I was working at Ticketfly, which is now defunct, but was like a pretty oh, interesting. major ticketing company. Yeah, um, they got bought by Pandora and then they got... Bought by Eventbrite Whatever just doesn't matter But um, where, So I was like Where did you do stand-up The first time? Um, at the Brainwash In San Francisco Which is a mm-hmm. laundromat On Folsom And uh, Yeah I was working Downtown In like Tech And um, My friend Becky Was just like Let's do this weird thing I'm like Okay I could probably Write a couple jokes And it was I mean that was always A funny place to perform It was like a mm-hmm. That open mic ran For like 15 years um, but oh, people wow. were legitimately doing their laundry, like, <laughs> and a lot of them were very annoyed that there was an open mic going on. Oh, but, I'm sure. But as I would be as well. Yeah. Like that first night, I think I met probably like David Bory, Clara Kane, mm-hmm. Lydia Popovich, like right, oh, that's so awesome. right out of the gate. Yeah. So, um, and I remember like. Uh, Emily Heller was still in town, and Janine Brito and Marcella. Like there was mm-hmm. this class of women that were like just about to leave, um, and yeah, I mean it went fine. Like it was probably two and a half minutes. <laughs> like I was, I felt like I was gonna shit my pants.
0: That's so cool that you were with that whole group of people. I feel I don't think. Any of the people I kind of started with are still doing stand up and so it's like so awesome that you I'm very jealous of this that you not Oh that's not only, interesting. Like they're still doing stand up but they're it's people that are great. You yeah. know, it's not just like, yeah, they're doing stand up but, you know, they suck <laughs> or whatever.
1: Yeah, no, it is really cool. I got like a good class. Um mm-hmm. I mean there's many more people I haven't even mentioned but um but I also had like a sort of national class because I started applying to festivals like very early and since mm-hmm. I had this tech job that I could like work from the road for a lot of the time oh, that's so great I would do festivals and I don't know where festivals really stand now but whenever people are like what's mm-hmm. your advice for a new comic I'm always like oh just start applying early because if you have the money, I mean, you know, a lot of people can't afford 30 bucks 10 times a year, you know, yeah. to get rejected. But I think like you apply early, they see you grow, they kind of remember your name and then, you know, third or fourth mm-hmm. time they let you in. But I did a couple very early and I remember meeting like Kenny DeForest and like all these other people mm-hmm. that had started like almost the same month as me. Um, and now, you know, most of those people live in L.A. or New yeah. York and I see them. And so, yeah.
0: That's so cool. At what point were you like, this is something I want to do as a career?
1: I don't think I'm still there. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, (laughs) well, no, listen, we all had a lot of setbacks. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, that's we're talking about going back out on the road again. And and part of the reason I'm very happy for that is not just financially, of course, that's a huge part of it. But because, Mm -hmm. um, you know, the last year and a half, I've been still doing all this other, like doing auditions, you know, self tapes Mm -hmm. and sending in writing packets and stuff. And it's just been like an onslaught of rejection. Um, and I didn't have stand up to balance that out, you know? So usually it's like, well, whatever I'm, you know, I, like work at the improv like that's very special you know it's cool to be yeah. like work at the comedy store um mm-hmm. and you have that balance at night where it's like fucking yeah i didn't get that writing job but like i'm doing this job you know it's totally i've really i really was feeling
0: that as well where i'm like i stand up is the one thing where we can always control it yeah you know where it's you know when you're getting rejected from other things it's like well at least i'm a comic so i can do this and i i can control my destiny to some degree and then just not having that totally <laughs> just having the hard stuff was
1: whew, yeah that was tough it was really tough it was really tough and i did i mean truly rethink everything as a career in the past year because mm-hmm. i'm just like well if i don't get whatever that writing job is or an acting job like what am where does my money come from when i'm 65 you know what i mean like yeah. They don't let us tour old as much as the guys get to. Hopefully that'll yeah. change. Maybe like mm-hmm. as this um, class of comics ages. I don't know. I'm hoping. But it just got very scary, like thinking about my future. So I was like, okay, I got to come up with a backup plan. And now I'm like doing stand up again. And I'm like, whatever. I could die yeah. tomorrow. I might as well <laughs> yeah. be happy. Um, but I didn't, I guess, to a very long answer, I didn't leave mm-hmm. my. Day job until I moved To LA in 2017 2016 really wait By then when did your album come out Um that same year I think 2016 yeah oh, okay it's, it's Was that part now. of
0: your decision or like Did that weigh uh, at your decision
1: not Really I was kind of gonna do that either way I mean really I just Um I had Saved some money I was really done mm-hmm. Living in Portland I, I told myself I didn't Want to live there more than three years As long as I did all the things that kind of mapped out, like do Bridgetown and um, feature at the club and headline at the club. You know, there are all these little Mm -hmm. benchmarks and get a TV credit. So I like did like last comic when I was still living in Portland. So Mm -hmm. I kind of ticked off all my boxes and and I was ready to get out of there and I had money saved. So I was like, there's no excuse not to go to L.A. right now. Like I want to quit my job. And yeah, that's the last um, full time like day job I've had, you know, not in comedy, which is pretty wild. It's been five years. Um, That's awesome. Thanks. It was I love it it still is very scary. You know, like I'm on Poor people yeah. insurance, and I, like, don't have a savings anymore, and uh, somewhere I have a 401k, somewhere out there in the financial yeah. realm. <laughs> That's It
0: does fe- I feel like it's always terrifying, and then just when you're like, what the fuck am I doing, you get a boost, like, a big sound exchange payment, or something where it's like, oh, okay, all right, everything's gonna be okay. Totally, yeah. It feels like... Uh, it feels like what I imagine a drug problem feels
1: like. Yeah, you're so right. Yeah, or or mm-hmm. yeah, a gambling problem. Like literally, it's yeah, just <laughs> totally. a casino. Like yeah, it's a slot machine of a career. Um, but this, that same thing happens to me. Like I have these moments where I almost mm-hmm. like feel, because my mom will be like, "Well, God, you know, made this happen." And I'm like, I mean, I don't believe in that, but also, it sometimes it does feel that way. I'm like at yeah. rock bottom. I'm like two dollars in my bank account and then someone's like hey do you want to do this writing job or whatever and it's like Mm -hmm. oh or you know a lot of the time over the last year and a half I would just get like random like Venmo's from fans which like totally touched my heart yeah Mm -hmm. I mean it's so generous and not only did it you know obviously help me at that time financially it also was like okay, I guess I shouldn't leave this job yet. Like, whatever happened, I've had some impact on a few people. Mm -hmm. They like it, you know, so it was really, really nice. But, yeah, I still don't really know if I would call it a career. (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny. When you went to Portland,
0: that was specifically for comedy, right?
1: It was kind of serendipitous that I was – working at this ticketing company and then one of my clients Mm -hmm. that I really liked um was hiring a marketing director and I had already worked with them a lot and I Mm -hmm. obviously knew like their system and so I was like I I had mapped out I think four or five cities that I would move to if I got a job there first like that was the only determining factor so I was gonna Mm -hmm. do Portland Denver Austin Nashville I think that's it um Because those were places I had been for comedy. I had some contacts Mm -hmm. and I really liked the town. And so I was looking for jobs in all those places. And then, yeah, Portland just came together in a really perfect way. I found like this really cute, cheap apartment right out of the gate. And it just all felt like, oh, this is where I'm supposed to be. And at the time, um, Ian Carmel was still there. Shane Torres was still there. uh, You know, like Helium had recently opened and was Mm -hmm. like a good A-level club. Bridgetown was like at its best, you know, and, um, and yeah, there were all these just factors that kind of put like a little spotlight on that scene. And I was like, oh, I think that's a good place for me to go. Plus, there seemed to be sort of a gap in like women coming out of there. Like, I hadn't heard yeah. of like, oh, this is like a lady comic in Portland who's crushing it, you know, so I, th- yeah, I thought there would be a hole to fill there. And, there definitely was not. There were very funny people there, but I think right. like we all kind of needed to get together and like build our own shit and start our own shows. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it all went exactly according to plan. <laughs> I found found a boyfriend. I got, you know, all of the comedy goals and... I love
0: that. I was going to ask why why Portland instead of like New York or L.A. right away. But I guess that answers. So from Portland, then you went to New York from there.
1: Yeah. Just for a short amount of time. Well, mm-hmm. I, I don't know why I I don't know why I had this like foresight. I think, you know, some of this planning is also like the benefit of starting as like a mostly adult, you know, mm-hmm. averse to like yeah. when I'm you know, people start at 19 or whatever because a lot of people in the Bay area will do comedy there for like two years and then just go to LA because it's so close because the Bay area is yeah. super expensive. LA like been cheaper for the last 15 years. Um, and Which is
0: insane to think of, because LA is already prohibitively expensive. I can't. I know. I can't imagine. I
1: know, but pre-pandemic, San Francisco was the most expensive city on the planet. So, like, it's it's. I mean, it's insane. It's like yeah. living in Tokyo, <laughs> but like, yeah, it's crazy. Um, mm-hmm. So I kind of noticed that there was always this like, uh, just exodus all the time, and then a lot of people mm-hmm. would get to LA and have a hard time, not be able to get up and. So I was like, I want to go to a middle town before I go to L.A. or New mm-hmm. York. And I'm not positive which it'll be, but I at least want to spend a short amount of time in New York. My family's all in California and I have nieces and mm-hmm. a nephew. So it was an old, older mom. So um, mm-hmm. it was hard to think about going to New York permanently. But of course, if I got a comedy job there, I would go. But I went, you know, um, from Portland just for like four months, literally. And then... Otherwise, my my um, scheme with New York has really just been to go out there as much as possible. Like, yeah, and pre-pandemic, a lot of the time when I was there, people just assumed I lived there. Um, And sometimes that still happens that I'll get a message and someone will be like, will you do my show tonight? And I'm like, where? And they're like, in Brooklyn. And I'm like, I just say I can't make it. You know, I'm never like, oh, I live in L.A. (laughs) So I just try to bounce back and forth and then take the cheaper rent and the bigger apartment you know what I mean like
0: (laughs) yes of course it does feel relatively easy to just like pop into New York uh often and have that set up for you when you get there yeah
1: well being a visitor helps to do like all the good shows kind of in Mm -hmm. a chunk at once um but you know for the clubs it's nice to um have people think like oh maybe she lives here so it's kind of a mix I've really been trying to ride that line um (laughs) but yeah obviously I haven't been there in 16 months but um I'm gonna go back soon but like yeah I just uh I lucked into this like four months of like free rent in New York so I just went out did all the shows like tried to get past everywhere I could and then and then I settled in LA and um yeah like we got an apartment and stuff and I love I've it. Just been here. I
0: um, love your album so much. Thanks, uh, Lisa. That's it's, so nice. It's so funny. It's so funny, and I feel like I relate to it super hard. Uh, I feel like we have kind of similar families.
1: <laughs> <laughs> totally. <Don't laughs> <What, I>. um,
0: <laughs> when, like, when did you know you were ready to to record an album?
1: Well. Um, I don't know that I ever feel fully ready. I'm like thinking about doing the next one, and I still, am, mm-hmm. I don't. I get sick of jokes so fast sometimes. Yeah. Then other ones I hang on to for too long. I don't know if you're like that. <laughs> is that I'm? I'm. I, I. The
0: only reason I recorded my album when I did is I was like, I can't say these jokes anymore. Yeah,
1: I, you want to set them free? Just put them out mm-hmm. there
0: and like. But then the permanence feels scary because it's like totally. once it's out the second it's recorded you're like fuck I just thought of a tag for something and it's like great
1: all the cool. time yeah I haven't listened mm-hmm. to it back much but when I have and like it still plays on serious and stuff and and I'm mm-hmm. like yeah I cringe a little bit thinking about that I don't know how people do this for like a 20 year old album where like I, you know I hear jokes and I'm like "Ooh," I can just I can tell I was stumbling or nervous mm-hmm. or it's like a very early version of that joke um So I don't know, this was sort of a magical moment, too, that Mm -hmm. um, I wasn't necessarily preparing to do an album, but I did, um, so Sean Jordan and I moved from Portland at the same time, so we did a a big um, going away show um, at the theater, where I actually was the marketing director, (laughs) and... Oh, that's great 600 people came it was fully insane uh wow. we had a band like it was like a whole extravaganza like people... that's incredible
0: and you were just able to pull this off for marketing
1: <laughs> <laughs> no I mean that's just sort of like a, a very flatteringly so like mm-hmm. kind of the impact that Sean and I had had in Portland I, love I guess that. that's so cool um and then we also put together like a, a band that mm-hmm. was like celebrity portland musicians you know mm-hmm. uh, like one of the decemberists and hutch from the thermals and like it was just a Love little it. who's who um so yeah somehow 600 people came to this fucking thing it was like a beautiful that's perfect insane. night mm-hmm. and then i like walk out like after the show i'm like walking into the like um little bar that's attached to the aladdin theater and um Portia, who is the owner of kill rock stars um which is the the label i'm on was just like in the Mm -hmm. lobby of the aladdin and she was like do you want to do do you want to do an album i was like fuck yeah dude like it was just the perfect like button on my time in portland because kill rock Mm -hmm. stars is like they don't do that much comedy but they're legends for the music they do and they're like Uh a really big deal in the pacific northwest and and elsewhere i think in the music world Mm -hmm. um and so yeah it happened just like that that i like basically walked off stage for my going away show and she was like do you want to do an album on kill rock stars i'm like yes uh and i love how it all kind of went down like the album art like i had great photographers Mm
0: -hmm. it's so good
1: thanks um i feel i'm not
0: like trying to kiss your ass i just it's just the whole thing is put together so well and so funny no really thank you
1: I have, I felt you know sometimes you kind of settle on a concept but sometimes you like really feel like you like mm-hmm. tapped into one and you're you can commit and that I was really excited about and got this great photographer Leah Nash who's actually wronger's cousin Portland's a small town <laughs> um, oh, random. and uh and gr- a great makeup artist and hairstyle, you know. And then I think I, like, posted on Facebook, like, does anybody in Portland have an Airstream, like, a vintage Airstream? Because that mm-hmm. was, like, what was in my head. And then there's this drag queen in Portland who, like, lived in an Airstream some- uh, outside someone's house. And so. That's so great. So, yeah, so he was like, you can use my trailer for free. And, like, if you need any, like, Jewelry or like other, (laughs) like a belt or or more makeup or whatever. And then he, you know, even had had like the flamingo outside the trailer, like already there. And that, like, so there's like a big, like, cow skull, like, it was just Mm -hmm. so perfect. Um, and then yeah, the recording went well, and, and I got it on vinyl. It was like all these things. Basically, Mm -hmm. before I moved to L.A., everything went perfect. And since then, it's been just nonstop horrors, (laughs) rejection and failure. So I guess I should have stayed in in Portland. (laughs) That's so funny.
0: I always wonder, like, I I mean, from from my perspective, you're you're absolutely crushing it. Uh, And I think from most people's perspective. it's it's such a tr- it's got to be such a tricky thing. Like I just moved straight to L.A. and also didn't know I was going to do stand up. So it was like years of floundering and not knowing what the hell I was doing um, before I like stumbled into comedy. But I think it is really tricky for people that are like deliberately going to a smaller market and then going to New York or L.A. Because I think a lot of people get really hooked on that, um, like being the big fish in a small pond. Yeah, or, like. They're like, I've mastered this, and and you know we both know people that just don't let go of that. Then that are yes. like still and which is fun. like that's cool. Stay in whatever town you want to stay in, but there's a lot of
1: people that are like,
0: yeah, next year I'm moving out to LA, and you're like, uh huh, sure you are, and it's like six years later, and yeah. they never do. So like, yeah, it's
1: literally like. um you know, homecoming king syndrome, you know, where mm-hmm. you just like settle in that town. And you're like, remember when I was the big man on campus? And yeah. And, and yeah, like if you have a family or or you just don't want to move, like I think that's fine. I think it's that's becoming easier to do. Um, also to still like have all the same opportunities without leaving your town. Mm-hmm. But just for me, I was never going to feel like I had fully committed to trying to make stand up a career if I didn't Move, You know yeah. From that middle market And I didn't want to get To that point Where it's like Oh Amy's like Still living there You know Not from The judgment of Other people But but from like You know A lot of the time The industry will be like I mean We would consider you But you're You haven't moved So you're clearly Not committed to this And you know It's different if you have Kids yeah. and stuff too Like that's You know I mean people Take different routes Like
0: Yeah that's gonna be Really tough Give them up for adoption Guys <laughs>
1: Just give They're them just up. Kids. Just throw Ew. them in the rubbish <laughs> <Yeah>. bin, everybody. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I also was sick of Portland. So <laughs> like, it, it wasn't the town for me. So it all so I kind of worked. I remember. Yeah. When we were planning this going away show, like mm-hmm. for Sean Jordan, the idea of leaving Portland was very hard and I was like, I am ready to get out of here, you know. <laughs> so it's just it was very different for each of us. And I still miss it. I miss my friends there. There's still very funny comics that live there who are like um aren't going to move, but they're also they don't have like these lofty comedy dreams. They're fine like yeah chilling living in a nice town Mm -hmm. and like going up every once in a while and like yeah i think that's fine but for me personally no judgment i i just i had to like really try to make it work even though i mean as you're saying like when you are that bigger fish in a small pond there's just so many more things within your own control that's sort of why i went there right it's like Mm -hmm. i know you know if i work on stand up enough i can achieve this like series of goals like Um, You know I mean when I first first started I was like I want to get five minutes I like And then I want to get ten minutes I like And then I want to start my own bar show And you can kind of do all that stuff So um, uh, you know and yeah I want to like feature at the club And have my own show there that's successful And um, open for you know some of my heroes Which is pretty easy to do if you're funny In like a middle town you know Yeah yeah that's how I met Tom Segura, who I um, still sometimes open for. Don't mm-hmm. bark at me. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, because he was headlining in Portland when, like, he wasn't even a draw yet, which is so crazy. Because yeah. now he sells out like a oh, hundred fifty yeah, theaters now. a year. Um, so it's it is very daunting and scary, and it's a real thing that happens. But then once you get to LA, it's like everything's out of your control, and and I I'm cursed sometimes with believing in myself too much like (laughs) like I'll straight up do auditions or send in writing packets and be like I for sure got that like obviously I get that like I'll and and even for small stuff like I I like binged this season of Shrill Mm -hmm. last night which you know Shrill is so good it's like (laughs) I mean uh, mirrors a lot of my life living in Portland Mm -hmm. and Yeah, just I've auditioned for so many roles for that show and same with Portlandia and like never got any of them. And then I see who played the role and I'm like, yeah, she's great. And also I would have been great, but none of this is in my control. (laughs)
0: Yeah, that's such a great place to be in, though. I think you have to believe in yourself and also like what a waste of time to to not. Yeah, because there's plenty of people in whatever city that don't believe in you or I or whomever, so it's like, why would we add to that pile, you know? No,
1: totally. I, it just it just becomes, like, yeah, this complete loss of control where you're like, mm-hmm. listen, trust me, guys, I'm perfect for this, you know, but you can't, <laughs> yeah. it's not like those early stand-up opportunities that you can build for yeah. yourself. And, and, of course, people build things in other ways now, you know? I mean, comedians are making you know 500 grand a year on patreon and like becoming TikTok famous is. and like yeah yeah that's all cool shit i mean yeah that's diy comedy career like i love it yeah. um but you know for like tv stuff it's just all so arbitrary and yeah a lot of it's like who's already in the writer's room that well, you know they want to yeah, hire their think, friends or whatever
0: yeah um, and also, like, if you're you're submitting packets or you're going in for auditions, like, everything you don't book is still, it's not totally lost. It's not like the effort was for nothing, you know, because, like, you go in and you read for a part and you do well and the casting director is going to remember you. Or, like, you might submit a packet that doesn't get, you know, you don't get staffed, but yes. they'll remember your name as long as you're not, like... Totally shitting the bed. I feel like people. Few times I've shitted for
1: sure, <laughs> for sure. Especially Same in person. Thing. You know, I mean that that was a positive change with the pandemic mm-hmm. is that at least you know if you send an audition, you didn't like have to spend half your day driving to Santa Monica, getting a parking mm-hmm. ticket, waiting for two hours. Like they're always behind for some reason, even though you have yes, an appointment. Always. And uh-huh. and then. You know, when you're struggling, it's really like this is, you know, four hours. I could have been working a job that paid Mm -hmm. me and I like can't make rent this month. But I spent, you know, 10 different days like doing auditions and writing packets or whatever. And that can be hard. So in the pandemic, it was like, well, I didn't even have to leave my house. And and self tapes, you can redo as many times as you want. Whereas like, uh, yeah, I did have one really big like audition bomb right before the pandemic with, like, a pretty, like... um Oh, no. Wait, you can know, you talk
0: about it at all? Can you tell me what it was for?
1: Oh, yeah. It was for the um, A League of Their Own remake. Oh, God. I, the, I'm, a lot of us went out for it. I would
0: for. murder somebody <laughs> to work on that.
1: Exactly. And I was... And it was, like, a pretty notable casting director. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of female comedians went out for it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I can... I play baseball. I was like, I was like, I'll literally do anything in this show. Like, I'll be an extra. Like, please keep me in mind. You know, it was so so, it was such a bad audition.
0: The (laughs) other day I saw something pop up in my feed that was like looking for PAs on a league of their own. And I was like, ooh. and then I was like, what am I doing? I'm not going to go fucking PA. I've been a (laughs) staff writer. I'm not going to PA on a show. How embarrassing.
1: But I'm like. Yeah, but but send me that, send me that information. (laughs) 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 Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, and then it it happens that the things that I really, really want, I will bomb, I'll more likely bomb the audition. That was, you know, RuPaul always says, like, go into every audition, like, you don't need Mm -hmm. it and you don't care. I mean, like, Mm -hmm. try your best, like, show up, like, learn the lines, but Don't put so much stock in it. And it was like, yeah. yeah, this casting director, she she could just smell it on me. I could just tell. I was like, but it was a lead. I'm like, I'm not going to get the lead. A, I'm too old. Yeah. B, like, it's probably already cast or like, you know. It's, it's a- also like, we're, you know,
0: I, we hear that all the time. Like, pr- just pretend you don't care. You have to like have this mindset like you don't care so that you don't. So you're not too nervous and because they can like smell it on you. Yeah. But then... On the other side of it, there's there's shit like we know so many people that are are that have a goal. And they're like, I was just laser focused on it. And I was like, that's what I'm going to do. And then I got it like Trayvon Free with his film. Yeah. Literally, when the day he started writing it, made a post-it note that said this is where my Oscar goes or whatever and put it on his shelf. And then he fucking won the Oscar. And it's like the odds of that happening. I mean, like, no, I'm not saying, like, he he's very talented, so the odds aren't, like, you know, one in a gajillion, but it's still so crazy to think, like, you sit down to start typing, you're like... The script that I have not even written yet is going to win an Oscar.
1: Yeah, well, probably a lot of those stories exist. And I know I have some stories like that of my own Mm -hmm. that we never hear the end of because we don't end up getting the thing. So like it worked (laughs) out that he actually got the Oscar, but he might have written that note to himself before. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I've (laughs) definitely had moments where I'm like. I'm gonna get this thing Mm -hmm. and then I've gotten it and it's like oh I knew it like I yeah I focused and I believed in myself but then Mm -hmm. 300 other times that I didn't get the thing yeah and like fully thought yeah I mean like a lot of us auditioned for Curb Your Enthusiasm in the last few Mm -hmm. months and that and I was like you know this is like my dream like and yeah. I think I'd be great for that show. I'm kind of dry. I can improvise. Like, I, mm-hmm. I love it. But, yeah, I mean, I didn't get cast. But if I had been, I, I fully have. <laughs> I actually do this kind of a lot. So maybe I'm an insane person. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the time when I send my audition, I'll just, like, say to my manager, like, Pretty sure i got this one <laughs> and they're like all right I love it. so you know if i get this one one day i can mm-hmm. be like i knew it like look at my email i said i got that role <laughs> but yeah you know.
0: i uh i definitely have, I, I do that, I feel like, every time I let myself get really excited. And there was a big job a couple of years ago that I was like, I'm for sure getting this. I'm 100% getting this. And then I did not get it. And I was like, I am for sure jumping off a cliff. Like, that's <laughs> yeah. 100% what's going to happen now.
1: It's always I'm fun when they give it. you the, like, we really, really like you, but. And it's like, <laughs> and then. It's you know a lot of the time in comedy, especially they'll tell you like it was between you and this person, and it's like your friend, and you're like, don't fucking tell me that, bro. Like I don't want to know. No, I never want. It's almost like
0: on the one hand, it it both feels good to know like you were in the final three or two, yeah, and also fucking awful that it's like wow, you narrowed it down to that few people. It's it wasn't like there was thousands of people and. You
1: pick someone else. So there was something this year that um, I w- I felt like, well, I was told I was really close to, and I really, really wanted, it, and I truly knew mm-hmm. in my heart I was a great fit for. And then <laughs> the comedian that ended up getting it is like so mediocre, <laughs> like. <laughs> like I, I, and I know this is not healthy mm-hmm. For my psyche but mm-hmm. we all do this But it of was course. like oh I didn't Want to know that I was close because if That's what you guys were looking for then I Wasn't close because we have nothing In common that person like yeah. Is not even funny on stage like What are we what are we Doing you know this is Amy's
0: talking About something <laughs> that I booked guys I'm Really sorry
1: <laughs> And it was Lisa Curry yeah. And <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, yeah So it's tough when that. that shit happens because you're just like, oh, I don't know what these people want, and and comedy is such a personal thing. Even if it's a writing packet,
2: mm-hmm. you know, because you're
1: still like doing an interview with these people, and the and in the packet, it's your jokes, it's you, you know. So it's not, yeah. it's not like straight up acting where you're like, oh, you know, it just wasn't a fit, um, I wasn't the right look, or whatever it is. It's like, oh, they like personally preferred this person over <laughs> yeah, me they, but they like looked at your work and were like absolutely not most people no. wouldn't even want to have no, lunch you. with this person over me you know what I
0: mean I, like yeah, what happened I, I'm uh dying to know <laughs> <laughs> I will it's tell you but one like, of your
1: friends and then like, you're yeah. like uh listen to what Amy said about you on my <laughs> podcast I would
0: never, I would never. <laughs> I'll never I would say who it was agree. I'd probably be like well you're right. They are mediocre. It is uh, a man, so
1: you probably will.
0: <laughs> oh, so they're mediocre. Anyway, um, <laughs> uh, when you look back at kind of like the the trajectory that things took for you from Oakland to Portland to New York and then to L.A. and uh, accidentally, I say accidentally getting into comedy because it wasn't like a deliberate plan. Um, is there something that felt either bad or insignificant at the time that that changed things for the better for you?
1: Hmm. Um, I mean, I will say this isn't in the comedy business, but in uh, my job that I left in San Francisco, well, two things I was Mm -hmm. like two years into comedy in San Francisco and I worked for like, this can be public. I don't give a shit. Like, the the people who ran <laughs> Ticketfly are like truly evil men. Um, there were so many like terrible things that happened in that company um, that I think even this few years later would have, you know, rightfully gotten people fired and people ca- quote unquote mm-hmm. canceled or whatever. Um, just so absolute cast in something later. <laughs> dirt bags. Yeah. <laughs> um uh just like yeah the worst of the worst misogyny um and especially because it was music tech so it's like the music business and tech are both so dude heavy and disgusting that like it was a combo so I was so unhappy there even though I liked my actual job and I loved the people I worked with Mm -hmm. um I was really feeling like I I can't believe I'm like Working for people like this And I and I truly told yeah. myself like If I'm going to work for evil men I would rather it be in comedy Because at least
0: <laughs> <laughs> At least I'm doing what I love
1: um, And You're also like, and I have so many
0: opportunities to work <laughs> for evil men in comedy So <laughs>
1: many so many And also at that time um, Because I was I think partially Because the age that I Started and because I started to make a lot of stuff happen on my own Mm -hmm. in like my local scene and I was doing festivals and stuff and 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 people are just like petty and um you know there were just people in the scene in the Bay Area uh that were like just awful to me like and Mm -hmm. so many women quit for these reasons because a year and a half two years in they're like there's rumors being spread about them um, or
0: that shit. they get
1: assaulted or like, mm-hmm. you know, all these other number of things. They get assaulted
0: and then the guy keeps working and headlines mm-hmm. festivals and it just doesn't matter.
1: Yeah. It's like when you start comedy, there's kind of a lot of women. And then mm-hmm. a few years in, like everybody just starts to trickle off. Like a lot of the women I started with don't do it anymore. So I'm grateful that like Lydia and Claire are still around. Um, yeah. And, like, Caitlin Gill and stuff. Um, or, no, Caitlin Gill doesn't do it anymore, really. But she did for a really? long time. God, I love Not it. really. She's the funniest. She's, Ugh, she me. crushes. But it's a mm-hmm. hard fucking job for us. So there was this conglomeration of things where I was, like, I hate the people I'm working for. I'm so depressed going into work every day. And um, I keep hearing about, like, comics I fucked that I didn't. <laughs> I'm, like... I don't, I don't really keep secrets, guys. So, yeah, like, like it, I'll tell it, you who's been inside me if you really it, care. It's also,
0: like, what a slap in the face to have a rumor that you fucked a comic and, like, not be able to get something out of that. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, there's, all, there's always, like, rumors of women in, in any field. Like, oh, well, she fucked her way to the top. And it's like, well, if you're going to start a rumor that I fucked these people, then I should at least... Get something for my career out of it What the fuck is this (laughs) Yeah
1: yeah. and some of them were truly disgusting So it's just an insult (laughs) But but, I mean you know For lack of a better term and it's weird to say this When you're talking about like a 32 year old But I was like getting bullied Um, Mm -hmm. And I think Sometimes because I do I have put off this sort of Like capable I can take care of myself Air Mm -hmm. in comedy That people like Don't think they can hurt me But of course I'm hypersensitive Like all of us And so people were just being so shitty So I think all that stuff was really like I was feeling low I quit comedy for like 8 or 9 months completely And I was like I'm not going to do this anymore Yeah and that all led to me Wait at this
0: point were you like only a couple years in?
1: Yeah yeah. So I took like a pretty long chunk off just a couple years in because I was like, I can't deal with this scene. Like people are so mean. Fuck. There's even women now that I'm friends with that have mm-hmm. said and admitted that when we started, they bullied me and they've apologized. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, You know, because they Wait, were was this going... still in
0: Oakland or was this?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Still in the Bay Area. So all that stuff together, like made me feel so bad. I felt like I don't know what I'm gonna do with my future because I thought maybe I would do comedy for a while, but it's so awful right mm-hmm. now. People are being terrible. And I like hate the people I work for. And But all of that like low pushed me to move out of there. And so even though I was kind of running away, there also was no way for me to really face the problem because you can't make other people not be assholes. Um, yeah. So that kind of all led to me moving to Portland, which I think if I hadn't made that move like, I wouldn't be anywhere close to where I am right now. Um, yeah. Wait, so did you,
0: after your, like, nine-month hiatus, uh, where you obviously went into hiding to have a, another comics baby. Um, <laughs> of course. <laughs> now, I'm just going to start rumors years, 10 years <laughs> later. Um, when, when you went, had that nine-month hiatus, did you start comedy again when you finally picked up in Oakland or did you wait? Were you like, I'm going to just wait till I get to a new city.
1: I did some sets before I left um, for sure, but it was basically because people asked like people kept trying to book me and then I would be like, mm-hmm. no, no, no. I like don't want to be around these people. And, and after enough asks, I'm like, this is a sign from the universe slash comedy that mm-hmm. like I, I people want me to do this and that was kind of you know like after a while I was like I need to just go try it again and if that means trying it in another city then I'll do that but I definitely yeah I picked it back up in San Francisco before I left um, but yeah I mean that was like a very brutal time that I think I wouldn't be where I am if I hadn't had it having said yeah. that it's um, You know m- Most men don't have that experience In their first couple no. years And I hate this thing that we have to be like We have to go through This terrible shit To like show mm-hmm. our commitment to stand up It's like this is supposed to be Literal fun Like what we but do
0: It's literally called comedy
1: Yeah like <laughs> it's a joy profession Like that mm-hmm. is what we're in So for it you know And, th- and also when like new comics ask me for advice I'm like whatever drama is really consuming you in your local scene please remember the people who are treating you the worst stirring up the most shit are not going to keep doing comedy like Mm -hmm. those are the people that go away but at the beginning they make it hell for you and especially for women and you know there was I mean a couple things that were going on it was just like I think a man was like being spiteful because he had heard all these rumors about me and I didn't sleep with him. And it's just like, first of all, <laughs> those aren't true. It Second so of all, wild. I don't owe myself to you, you know? And, but they like really think like that early on. That it's is really
0: psychotic. I think that it, it, I, for me, I always feel like I don't. I mean, I take my work seriously, but I don't take myself too seriously because I'm like, because of exactly what you just said. Like, this is supposed to be fun. That's the whole fucking reason. It's not we're not doing this because we can't do anything else. We're capable. You were a social worker before and you had other jobs before. I've had a, everyone. Everyone has had other jobs before, except for maybe like Dave Chappelle, because he started when he was five or whatever. <laughs> yeah. but it's like it's like. Just go fucking have fun. Like, I don't understand the clicks and the bullying and the or or even like when somebody I don't like gets something. I'm like, okay, cool. (laughs) Good for them. Who cares? Unless they're like, uh, you know, unless they're an abusive person (laughs) or a rapist. Then I'm like, okay. well, now I'm mad. But if I just like think they're unfunny and they book something, it's like I'll book something later. Like, it doesn't matter, you know. (laughs)
1: Yeah, it's so funny that, that that bullying seems to come full circle at, like, the top of the comedy food mm-hmm. chain, too, which is so weird. And not just bullying, but, like, the opinions. I'm like, you know, it's like when people are mad because Rogan is has strong opinions mm-hmm. about COVID, I'm like, yeah, it's really dumb that he thinks he knows more than scientists. But also, it's it's hilarious that you went from, like, getting into this job where you're like, I want to tell jokes and make people happy to being like, I know more than everybody in the world. Like, <laughs> yes. And it's like you just get enough money that, mm-hmm. but yeah, there's so much like fighting at the top. It's just really strange. It's like, so dumb. Because it's, it's so, so, so small too. Like we yeah. all are one degree away from everyone, like literally mm-hmm. even Seinfeld, you know, like I have friends that are friends with Seinfeld. and. Yes. It's just so, so small that I don't know mm-hmm. why people behave this way.
0: It's very short sighted because it's like, do you think like none of us have the power to recommend someone else for a job or to pass a name on or to like say like, you know, just the same as like rumors fucked things up for you for a while. You could just as well turn around to somebody to a casting director or somebody that you know and say hey this person is a fucking asshole to me totally. and then if it's between two people they don't get it you know or
1: totally people are just, dumb. <laughs> it's
0: just i know dumb.
1: it's short-sighted and mm-hmm. and like i've definitely been on both sides of that too mm-hmm. i mean the the other the downside of being like an outspoken fully adult woman too is that mm-hmm. like this business does not want that. And so either yeah. way, sometimes you kind of go down as a bitch. Like, you know, yeah. even if you're like kind to people and help people as much as you can, like that's just what happens to us. And um, you know, it's not a, an attractive quality to the industry yeah. and, and yeah. To, a, to a lot of extent to the audience, you know, and when people ever dispute this, I'm like, okay, well picture, um, A woman the same age and attractiveness level as Bill Burr just screaming uh, every day, (laughs) you know, or every Monday, whatever, for two hours, like just... Complaining, calling people fucking idiots, you know, like just try and picture that and can you picture it? And it's like the same age and attractiveness level. It's like, no, she
0: would be imprisoned and they'd be like, I don't even know why we're putting her in prison. We just feel like it's necessary
1: for society. Yeah. They sure as hell wouldn't put her in a fucking Star Wars. You know what I mean? It's like. It would be like, oh, she's a difficult personality. And I already have like that stink on me. And I just have to tell myself like if like there are people like that in positions of power, Mm -hmm. then I'm not meant to work with them. And I did. This is kind of full circle, but I did make this promise to myself like like when I left my last day job and Mm -hmm. had already been through the shit with my other company That I was like, I actually don't want to work for horrible people. I know Mm -hmm. that I will have to compromise that in the entertainment industry a lot of the time. But I want to be doing something that I really love. But I'm never going to bow down and beg to work for misogynists and dickheads ever again. It's so unnecessary. So it's like... Hey, if I can't get a new faces audition, what are you (laughs) going to do?
0: It's also like what you were talking about having a stink on you. I feel like I try to be really super careful to separate. I think people, especially in L.A. and especially in entertainment, expect women to be like this all the time and like super bubbly and like oh my god it's so and good to see you. i love you yeah. yeah like it's not our yeah. space uh-huh. to be
1: there like thanks for yes. having me yeah yeah
0: and if you're like not if you're polite but not bubbly people are like oh she's a fucking cunt and it's like um or they don't owe you this crazy energy and they're yeah. not it's just not bubbly you know like that's why is yeah. that an okay personality
1: to have? What the fuck? I know. I had something <laughs> recently that was, it's so stupid to even care about, but this is just this is how this shit goes, that I, like, did my good friend's podcast who still lives in Portland. He's awesome. It's podcast about music. He put it up.
2: Mm-hmm. He was
1: like, oh, Amy's great. Here's what we talked about. You know, mm-hmm. whatever, when you put up a podcast. And then there was a comment from someone I don't know don't recognize and literally have never heard of in my life being like Mm -hmm. um actually she was pretty shitty to um me (coughs) and my friend in like 2013 or whatever and I was like who are you why is this the right avenue for this and she was just like you know you didn't support women and I'm like honey (laughs) that scene was literally me coming to town to be like women Let's fucking make some shit Also <laughs>
0: that's a decade ago Let it go Like how?
1: how do, uh, but I how didn't even know who she was know? yeah. And she couldn't tell me what I did Or what I said you know she <laughs> said I was Just kind of shitty one night and I was like H- Has any part of your Brain wondered um, What I was going through that night Like mm-hmm. where was I high You know what I mean like Was I nervous Um was I avoiding yeah, you, you because I don't fucking know you, you know, yeah, like, or like
0: you could have just visited somebody in the hospital or like these expectations for people to be like at a 10 and like
1: the well, most you women especially
0: ever. It's exhausting. Yeah. yeah,
1: that's what I'm saying. It's like the surly dismissive mm-hmm. um, male comic is an artist, you know, he's mm-hmm. brooding. He's thinking about his set before he goes up. But like, yeah, I'm supposed to be fucking sucking dick in the green room, I guess. Right before I, or eating these so girls stupid. out in that case. <laughs> I don't know. But I literally it was like I had never seen her face before in my life. So I'm like, maybe a snub didn't happen, but you perceived it that way. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Either way, you literally won't tell me what I did. But the fact that you chose this avenue shows yeah. me how petty you are. So yeah. I was like, honestly, I'm glad I didn't give you my fucking energy nine years ago because clearly yes. you didn't deserve it so i was right <laughs> exactly and that exactly. shit just always will come up or you know the whole thing around us needing to be more principled about where we work it's like we have mm. to give up jobs yeah you know at a rapist clubs yeah because this club also booked tony hinchcliffe or something and it's like well, we're barely on the calendars at all. So like the solution Mm -hmm. is for me to give up a job. Why don't you ask one of these famous men who are friends with him or working that club to give up, you know, $2,500 in a weekend when they have millions of dollars, you know, and like they act and write and all these things. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's always, we have to be this like perfect version of, a woman and an artist and yeah just be like so grateful that we're you even allow us the space yeah, and it, it is just exhausting. gets so exhausting yeah um I have and one, we're white so yes. it's like we have nothing to complain about really oh i thought you were gonna say things are harder for us um <laughs> no <so> i guess
0: <laughs> we finally disagree <laughs>
1: and I'm already already back on the road and being like getting offers from people and Mm -hmm. then looking up like a male colleague that's Mm -hmm. and I'm being realistic about this like Mm -hmm. like at my same exact level credit wise Mm -hmm. you know talent wise Mm -hmm. whatever and they're like always getting paid more sometimes double Uh and it's like oh, post-pandemic, we're already back to that? Like, you guys really just went right back to the same old system. And how do you think that we don't talk to each other? It's just all, I'm just, like, tired of all that shit. Yeah. I just, like, want to tell I jokes and have it be I know it's the first stuff
0: I was ever on. There was, it was myself, another woman, and two men. All, all people you know, I can tell you afterwards. And uh, when the producers asked our rates, myself and the other woman gave them, a higher rate than the guys said that their rate was. And the producer offered the guys more pay and us less pay. And I was like, we fucking said our rate was higher. And then we all, we ended up, it ended up being that we, we negotiated where we were all making the same, but it was like, man, fuck you.
1: Yeah. Fuck they you. don't. You just gave us. me a pay
0: cut and him a pay raise. And we're all the same level. Fuck off.
1: Because they can get away with it. They, mm-hmm. they don't expect us to negotiate. And yeah. so that's been another area in my career where I've had, I've been like, I have to be willing to lose this job to like mm-hmm. ask for what I'm worth. And so far uh, that hasn't happened. It's happened that I end up getting what I ask for. Um, but you do have to be willing to lose it mm-hmm. just to like retrain these people, many of whom are women too, where I'm like, yeah. how do you not get this? Um, but yeah, you have to be willing to like, struggle a little and do some fucking dog sitting, you know, if <laughs> yeah. uh, if you don't get the thing that you were negotiating for. Because yeah. um, they do not expect us to fight back. They just no. think we're going to be like, oh, thank you for these crumbs. Like, I, and I, I can't even believe I get to, talk, to do this. No, like, to yeah. tell
0: each other, which I'm like, I talk about money all the time. Because I'm like, I, I wouldn't have known
1: what a, what
0: a normal rate was. Like, you just... Especially because like, sometimes like the money for some gigs feels like fantasy money where you're like, I would never have said that number. There's no way. That's a yeah. crazy number, you know. And
1: Well, yeah. And, and that's the thing it. is a lot of this shit we get paid for. It is it is like a, a dream because you're mm-hmm. like, oh, like, you know, waiting tables. I would have had to wait four thousand tables to get this <laughs> yes. same amount of money to like exactly. write some jokes and exactly. that that is a blessing but mm-hmm. it's like okay well if you guys have this kind of money to throw around like it should at least be equitable mm-hmm. you know if i'm bringing in the same level of talent um yeah it's it's crazy ha- how much that still happens yeah um it sucks, but again, it's, it's much better than other work. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> we love it. <laughs> Absolutely, um, I have one more question for you. If, I love. I always end these yeah. complaining podcasts with like, <laughs> I'm obsessed with doing comedy. Like, I love it. I just, I start crying, <laughs> but it's true. Like, you're like that's if also could why I for
0: one more day I'm gonna die. That's please also please why I fight for
1: it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you have to love it to go through this shit as a woman Absolutely. in comedy. Like, if you don't, like, you're just nuts.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I I don't know people that are like I'm doing this to boost my acting career. I'm like you are mentally ill.
1: <laughs> <Stop>. I've heard <laughs> I heard a really really sweet girl in um an audition. Oh, it was it was in the league of their own audition. We mm-hmm. were just like in the hallway and she was chatting with like a fellow like um actor friend and she was like, yeah, I think I'm just gonna get into stand up because like I don't write jokes, but I've noticed that's the easiest way to get into acting. <laughs> and I was like. Come on in, honey, try it. Let's see it. Let's get you out at a bar show. See how you feel.
0: Yeah, let's get you in the middle of fucking nowhere in the country at yeah, a bar show.
1: At an Eagles Lodge in Billings, yeah. Montana or
0: whatever. Yeah, see if you don't jump into a ravine afterwards.
1: <laughs> yeah. Or get feel like you're gonna get pushed into one mm-hmm. after yeah. someone murders Absolutely.
0: you. Yeah. Absolutely. Um one more question for you, Amy. If your childhood self could meet you, like 11-year-old Amy, if she met you today, what do you think she would think?
1: Oh, that's interesting. Um, I think about, I actually think about my child self quite a bit. I, I guess that's healthy. Like, it's like a, <laughs> I've had a lot therapy thing?
0: <laughs> yeah, because I yeah, do tell you to, mm mm-hmm.
1: to, Just to honor her and like, um, I, I, th- I think that she would like me. I mean, partially that's just most children love me um, because I love (laughs) kids and I'm really good with Mm -hmm. them. I swear to God, it's freakish. I don't know what I did in another life, but like, you know, it's... I always have a thing where like strangers in public, like their children just try to like leave them for me and I'm like not even interacting. Like toddlers Mm -hmm. just run to me. It's a whole thing. Um, I think she would be very surprised um, at how outspoken I am. Mm -hmm. Um, And that I'm not Christian anymore. <laughs> Ooh. She would maybe be disappointed in that. Um, but I, yeah, I think she would be proud. Um, I work a lot to be like proud of her and, and especially around career stuff and, and like body stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, if I put myself down or if I lose faith in myself, I'm like literally insulting that little yeah. girl who doesn't deserve it. And I know like what her heart is. Cause that hasn't changed. Um, so I think we have a good relationship. I think we're buddies. We're for sure it. going to Dave and Buster's together. Yeah. Or at the I might, least, like,
0: she's leaving your mom at the grocery store to go with you.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think she... Uh, I definitely want to, like, brush her hair. Um, <laughs> That's so sweet. Like, wash her clothes a little bit. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think she would think I look really put together even mm-hmm. when I'm not because um, she was a hot mess. <laughs> and she would be very disappointed at how little i spend time reading books because that is like all that i did (laughs) um that's very sweet but i'm i've been getting a lot better about that in the last like four months i like i'm setting its time away every day to read that's great even if it's 30 minutes yeah Mm -hmm. um yeah i don't know i love it buddies
0: well thank you so much for coming on the
1: podcast amy it was great talking to you thanks for having me lisa this was so fun
0: Thanks so much for listening. Once again, that was Amy Miller. You can find her on Twitter at Amy Miller and on Instagram at Amy Miller Comedy. And I'm Lisa Curry. You can find me on Twitter at Lisa underscore Curry and on Instagram at Olympian Lisa Curry. As usual, if you're enjoying the show, please like, subscribe, leave a little review, uh, you know, tell a friend, write your congressperson, whatever you've got to do. And we'll see you here next week. Thanks. Bye.